success in the new retirement with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton. For those of you who are missing sports during these days of social distancing, we have a special treat for you this week here on Success in the New Retirement. Here with Damon and Matt, I'm Jennifer Perry, and we're all kind of missing our regular sports right now, guys. That includes baseball season, which should be in full swing by now. So we thought, you know what? This week we're going to share Matt's recent conversation with baseball Hall of Famer, Ozzie Smith, because uh, we could use a little sports fix in our lives right now. And Matt, I know you caught up with him before the current crisis began, but you talk about a guy who is healthy, who is still loving his life in retirement. And this really was a bucket list interview for you, wasn't it? Yeah. So my dad went to dental school in St. Louis. So, you know, as we were kids growing up, we rooted for the St. Louis Cardinals. And so I, I have vivid memories of growing up and knowing the entire roster and watching them play, watching them play the Royals, but watching them play you know, in the World Series and some great childhood memories from that. And so when I got a chance to sit down with Ozzie Smith, who was a childhood hero, who was a hero of my dad's. That was just kind of like one of those things like, oh, my goodness, I would have <laughs> never thought that this could have happened. So it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And you you did get him to sign a baseball for your dad. What was dad's reaction when he got that? Yeah. So I had him sign a ball that I, you know, made out to my dad and I gave it to him for his birthday. And, you know, that's one of the cool moments because I could tell my dad was like, oh, you got to talk to Ozzie Smith. And then I showed him in our office. We have this bat signed by him. I I could kind of see in my dad's eyes kind of like, huh, why didn't I get an autograph? You know, (laughs) so it wasn't until like a month later that his birthday came around and then I could surprise him. And so it was, it was fun. I'm sure dad loved it. And we loved getting to know Ozzy Smith, who's like so many of the people you work with. Here's a guy who had a very successful career. He clearly loved what he did. He actually did backflips on the job. Mm-hmm. Not many of us can say that uh, we do that when we walk into our work. But uh, this is a guy, too, who's now in his 60s. And he's still finding new challenges today. We're going to hear a little bit more about that later here on the podcast. But first, let's listen in to Matt's conversation with none other than Ozzie Smith. So I can't tell you how excited I am to be able to sit with you. My dad went to school in Washington University, went to dental school there. Uh-huh. So we grew up the biggest Cardinal fans. Is that right? <laughs> so I, I mean, we would sit there and watch you and yeah. Willie McGee and Lonnie Smith and everybody yeah. play. Uh, so I've got to ask, so... I remember you guys would get on base. It was double steals all the time. Was it just green light for you guys to just get out? Yeah, it was it? green light, basically, until, until we did something stupid, you know. <laughs> but uh, it was a different time for baseball, you know. It created a lot of excitement. Our teams had to be assembled according to how big the ballpark was, you know. We didn't, uh, we didn't have a lot of guys that hit the ball out of the ballpark, but we had guys who could make things happen. You know, Vince Coleman, who uh, I hit behind a lot. And actually, it was Lonnie Smith before Vince got there that was really kind of the leadoff guy. And um, Lonnie could also hit with power. He had great speed, um, didn't have a great arm in the outfield. But he was exactly what the Cardinals needed there in the 80s. Um, He got on and made things happen. And it was fun baseball. Yeah. Now I know you. You started in your career. You, you know, when you were younger, you didn't think maybe baseball was your thing. So how did no, you kind of figure that out? And- when I got ready to go to college, uh, I had to do some soul searching too, uh, because I played basketball in high school too. I I had the good fortune of playing uh, baseball and basketball with Eddie Murray here oh, yeah? in South Central Los Angeles. I, I went to Lock High School, and then um, as a senior, I never got drafted out of high school, but Eddie did. Eddie got drafted by the Baltimore Orioles and. And so I never had the opportunity that some of the other guys have. And I tell young people all the time that it's not 
everybody is not a bonus baby. You know, I had to take a different route to the big league. So I went to a small school in Central California here called Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, yeah. where uh, after my season in 1976, I went to a little small town called Clarinda, Iowa, where I played my semi-pro baseball, you know, and they send you there to continue to hone your skills and hopefully get better as a, as a player. And then in 1977, I got drafted by the Detroit Tigers. I'll give you a little little information about my business acumen. Uh, 1976, they drafted me. They drafted me in the eighth round. They were going to send me to Lakeland, Florida. They offered me $8,500. $8,500. 8500 And I had told my mom that I was going to get my education. So in my infinite wisdom, I said to myself, if they don't give me $10,000, they're not going to take a real good look at me. So I went back to them and I asked them for another $1,500, which they said they didn't have in the budget. So I went back to school. So I kind of rolled the dice. Wow. And not many college seniors get drafted. So I figured I was on the board at that point in time. And, and in 1977, I get drafted by the San Diego Padres. And being the good businessman that I am, I ended up signing for $5,000 and a bus ticket to Walla Walla, <laughs> Washington, where I started my professional career. Wow. So then you get into your career, you start making money. So, you know, what were the things that kept you grounded so that you made the wise decisions? A lot of people, when they come into that kind of money, it, they may start making mistakes. Well, you know, here again, I think it's all about the people that you surround yourself with. You, you don't know, guys are not always, um, they don't always make the right choices as far as people are concerned and people who have the right intentions, you know. So you have to keep your fingers crossed and keep your ear to the ground as to who and what people are and what they're about, you know. So you just try and surround yourself with people that you can trust, that you know have your best interest at heart. And for me, um, it worked out because it was always about the day after your career was over. You know, what's it going to be like? Because you hear all these horror stories about guys once their careers are over that they have nothing you know and that was one of the things that um, that always haunted me you know I didn't want to play 15 20 years and then after it was over have nothing right you know so um, you start searching I think from day one at finding a person who's going to help you invest your money the right way and so that you have something when when it's all said and done sure so what have you been doing since you've been retired? What kind of businesses and things are keeping you busy? Well, right now, one of the, the main things, um, you know, one of the good things about being a Hall of Famer, once you're a Hall of Famer, you can then use your name uh-huh. to make money. But uh, some of the other things that I, uh, I've invested in is beyond stocks and bonds uh, is I'm a partner in a pain management clinic where we do PRP, we do stem cell. I've always been interested in, in health and as a baby boomer, you're always trying to figure out how to stay young. Yeah. You know, so um, this has been one of the ways that I felt that I've, um, I'm 64 years old and I have people every day tell me, you're not 64 years old. So, so I guess it's <laughs> working. Don't do backflips, yeah. right? <laughs> no, no backflips. <laughs> that can be very dangerous. Yeah. But, but that has been the main thing as I've gone forward here now. Um, this venture here has done well. I've been in the restaurant business. We had a restaurant for 21 years and and stuff. So it's little things like that that have kept me going. It's kept me uh, relevant. And uh, I don't do as much baseball as I do golf, you know, yeah, um, yeah. you know, for all of us that play for 15, 20 years. Once you retire, there's a competitive void in your life, you know. So for most of us, uh, we lean toward golf because you're competing against yourself, the course, and the people you're playing against. Right. And that fills that void. 
Awesome. Well, thanks again for taking some time and joining us on the show. We really appreciate it. All right. Thanks for having me. Thank you. The Wizard of Oz there, Ozzy Smith. So many great things that he said there in that interview, guys. But uh, toward the end, he was talking about relevance and I think finding those new ways to stay relevant. Do you find that that's sometimes a challenge for the people that you work with? Because a lot of people have been successful in their own respective careers and it is kind of an identity shift when you make that transition to retirement. You know, that's been interesting working with clients um, when it comes to that. I have a client that just retired here in January. He came into the office. We were finishing up some of his 401k rollover and he's like, man, I've never been busier. And I'm, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. There's just so many things to get done. I said, well, I just want to warn you that in six months, I think a lot of those projects and things that you've been putting off are going to be done. And you might be to this kind of the honeymoon's over. And now you're trying to figure out what you're going to do to occupy your time. Yeah. His wife's still working. So it's not like they can just be traveling all the time. And so, you know, he's like, you know what? I've actually thought about that. I'm likely going to be doing some part-time work and and maybe doing some volunteering things. So he kind of sees that he's got to have some sort of other fulfillment. You know, I've had lots of clients that they've transitioned into retirement by going kind of part-time where they've gradually backed off the work that they're doing. They still got free time. They have a few extra days to take off, to travel, to rest. So they're not, you know, the grind's not there every day. And, you know, so every person's different, but it definitely is. There is a transition period to get into retirement and um, having that free time and being around your spouse, you know, 24-7 <laughs> yes. for some clients. That's a, <laughs> that's a challenge too. So, you know, every phase of life has its issues that you've got to pay attention to and, and make adjustments to. Yeah, he seems to be making that transition pretty well, guys. Matt, since you were such a big fan, even from your childhood days, what was most surprising about the interview for you? I wouldn't say what was surprising because I always had, you know, admired Ozzy Smith and the kind of character he had, but you could just tell in the interview just how nice and genuine he is. Mm -hmm. And so when you're sitting with someone like that, that has all the accolades and the skills and the the pedigree and the chart that he has, you're just kind of like, Man, he's so humble and kind and nice and, and just, so that was kind of surprising, but in a, in a way it wasn't because I've heard that that's who Ozzy Smith is. So it was really nice to just kind of sit with someone that you've admired for so long. But Damon, as you were listening, uh, you're in the room there too. And uh, obviously he came in, he, it was clear he was a really nice guy, but uh, what did you take away from the interview? I think some of the same things. And I guess my biggest takeaway from him is that um, he was a he was a thinker and he put time into thinking about what he wanted at the different stages. I mean, he made a decision. um, He had made a promise to his mom, I'm going to finish school. And Mm -hmm. so he didn't let that get in the way of you know, money get in the way of that. And, and so, and it still worked out for him. He had a plan in place. And then he had, he said, I, I put people around me that, uh, that helped me look towards the day that I'm not working anymore. Cause he'd heard, you know, that all these horror stories of people that get done and then they have nothing. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I think that's such a wise way to look at things. Such wise counsel for people to realize that at some point you are going to stop working. Right. And you're not going to be contributing. And now you have to start taking this nest egg that you've built and it's got to provide income for an uncertain amount of time. Mm -hmm. And that can be scary if there's not a plan in place. But for him, you know, having a plan in place for these different things and putting people around him that allowed him to be out on the golf course instead of, you know, managing all of the, the financial things, he's got people in place for that so that he could do what he really wants to do in retirement. And he had the resources to actually invest in something that he was interested in, Yeah, you know, um, with healthcare and, and be passionate about. And, 
you know, we are living longer as a culture, as a, as a people. And, but do we want that quality of life? And if we want that quality of life, it's about having things in place to keep us busy doing things we're passionate about. And in order to do that, we have to have a financial kind of groundwork put in place to allow us to do all those things. And so it's never too early to start looking at this. If you're young, you should be, you know, put a plan in place and start doing it as you're with us. We're talking to those that are 50 and older, you know, now's the time. There's so many opportunities in our life for new starts. And so we always say to people as we put on nonprofit workshops and things is that, you know, information without action is a waste of time. Now is a perfect time for you to have a new start and to get on that plan and, and to do something about your future today. Yeah, that planning allows you to maybe open up your life to some new passions, too, in retirement. And that's something uh, we had to quiz Ozzy about uh, right after the interview, guys, because when you started talking about golf, he really lit up. And apparently he's really thrown himself now into this sport. You know, I didn't start playing until I retired in 1996. One of the most challenging things I've ever done in my life. And I think it's one of the, the reasons that we all gravitate to it, you know, because of the challenge. Yes. I know that I'll never be a professional golfer, but I want to be able to get to a point to where I know that I'm going to, I'm going to be respectable. Uh, when I play. Shooting in the 70s. Stay under 80, you know, and uh, it's taken a long time uh, to get to that point, but I'm getting to a point now where, where my bad game is right around 74, 75, and that's, that's, uh, a, that's a good... 74, 75 is a bad game? Wow. <laughs> okay. That's pretty good. <laughs> hey, Ozzy, not bad, but uh, I know a lot of your clients probably fill up their days with golf, too, but I, I was surprised at just how committed he is to still improving his game. It's just a, a totally new game for Ozzy in retirement. Well, he said it's all about respect, right? Yeah. So, I mean, if you're a guy like him that's been at the top of the athletic athletic, you know, pyramid, you know, going, playing professional sports. When, if you go out on the golf course, you don't want to be, you know, beat by some, you know, banker that comes out there and's in your foursome, right? right? I mean, he's like, I'm Ozzy Smith. I need to, you know. I'm a world-class athlete. <laughs> well, if nothing else, he could just do a backflip and, and still wow everybody. But apparently that doesn't happen very much anymore in right, the 60s. Right. So. That's probably why. It's probably why. <laughs> yeah, but uh, glad he's doing so well at so many different things in retirement. And that's the thing. Retirement's really kind of the opening season on a whole new chapter in your life. And if you need some help on getting started with that transition, be sure to check us out online. You can always drop us an email with your questions for Damon and Matt there at successinthenewretirement.com. Thanks for listening. Want more from Damon and Matt? Check out successinthenewretirement.com. And while you're there, drop us an email with your questions. Investment advisory services offered through Acute Investment Advisory, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through its affiliated company, Acute Wealth Advisors, LLC. Tax and or legal advice is not offered by either company or their affiliated companies. Consult with your tax and legal professionals for guidance on tax or legal matters. The information presented should not be viewed as personalized investment advice. All expressions of opinion are subject to change. We are not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.